Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only rewatch podcast on the internet, rewatching a rewatch. Mm-hmm. It's um, like what? Rewatchception. It's a, um, it's a rewatch inside of a rewatch inside of a rewatch. <laughs> hey, it's the okay. noobs and the Whovian is what it is. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode or two each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who have. Yeah. We, we have oh, oh, we updated the notes and everything. Yeah. All right. Fancy. So welcome to episode fancy. number 190. Wow. This is our best of nine episode covering series one. Holy cow. Episodes nine and 10, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. This is the one where zombies take over London. We meet Captain Jack. Rose finally decides to break up with Mickey. The Doctor Dances and everybody lives. Rose. Just this once, Rose. Everybody lives. Everybody lives. Sadly, Rose, in fact, did not decide to break up with Mickey. I was going to say, what does that mean? Well, she was like, I kind of have a boyfriend. In the next time, she we should have, have broken up with Mickey. Well, she said, I sort she, of had a boyfriend. I, I mean, sort of have a boyfriend. There's there's a part of me that's like, I wish she would have cut him free a long time ago for his benefit. Yeah. Except for the fact that her him chasing her around for these like couple of seasons results in him living his best life. I hate Mickey in the until, in, in the other universe. I hate Mickey until he meets Martha and then they become a thing. And I'm like, Mickey is such an awesome character. Why did we well, never beca- dive into it? No, no, no. I mean, like, I, I agree with you, except that I would say he becomes awesome before he meets Martha. And I think really? that's why he and Martha work. Yeah, because remember he I don't remember him. Remember the alternate universe episode, the Pete's universe episode? Oh yeah, and then he where, sees himself die and he's like, oh yeah, this what was is the other real. one? It was it was uh Ricky? Ricky. No. <laughs> I think remember the doctor always called him the wrong name. He yeah. called him like Mickey Ricky or whatever. And in the other universe, his name actually was the thing that the doctor had been calling him the wrong name the whole time. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He watched himself die and, and then he's like, Yeah, like, that spurred now, him on to greatness. Yeah, now I gotta be yeah. great. Hey, uh, so this episode, <laughs> unlike those, this was uh, story number 164. Y'all remember back when we were below the 200s? Yeah. Or like 200 and we're something. We're almost at like 300 now. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I think the last one we did was 296. Yeah. Really? 296? Flux was either, what? Flux was 296 and are then the, the revolution of the, push it or the, the, huh? Are the specials going to push it over? I think so. I, I think yeah. so. I think, I think, um, I think Jody will get to do the, 300th episode or story wow. I mean. unless they do something stupid and make <laughs> the three specials one so she gets to do mm. story 298 nice <laughs> i'm pretty sure flux was 297 uh, 296 and then the new year's special was 297 wow mm. so oh wait <gasps> oh no wait no no does that mean she's got the fall special and then a regeneration special? She's going to end on 299? I feel, wow. I feel like And then wait. the 60th would be the 300th, which, which makes me happy. Which makes sense. Numerically, but, but makes oh. me sad for Whitaker. Am I right about that? I'm go fact check this real quick. Yeah, go, go, go look it up. Wait. Um, so, what? so is our 200th episode going to be their 300th um, episode? Okay, wait. No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. It doesn't line up that way. Okay. So That's that would be awesome. Unless unless we find out in far enough advance. But yeah. right now, our 200th episode is set to be Doctor Who Daleks Invasion Earth 2150. Okay. With the with the alternate universe doctor. Remember the remember the two oh, movies that yeah. were done back in the sixties or seventies or whatever? Um what you got, Corbin? So the flux was two ninety seven. Oh. But the the New Year's thing isn't on here. <laughs> it's still not up there? What? Oh, no, it's going to be down in the specials. 
Maybe. Where? Is that a different section? Underneath is mini know. episodes. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry. It's still not there? It's not okay, there. if you search for the title, Eve of the Daleks, the page exists. Because huh. I've been on it. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah, no go, way they, go, that go pull that up they while haven't I continue made on here. one the day after it dropped. <laughs> like, uh, no, it was it was a couple days later that really? it was not showing up in the list of episodes. And then I did a search for it and I found it. So, it's, so I, yeah. th- this one is 298. What one? Uh, Eve of the Daleks? Yeah, Eve of the Daleks. So she's going to have to. So 200. her regeneration episode is going to be the 300 nice. story. Again, unless, unless they count the spring special and the fall special as one story. They better not. Oh, that would be so. Oh, that would be so terrible. Oh, so sad. I had 299. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, 13th Doctor, first female so Doctor, bad. let's cut your seasons from 12 episodes to 10 until the third season where we're going to cut you down to six. Anyways. And um, not let you have the 300th. So back to this episode. Uh, there's story number 164 originally airing May 21st and 28th, 2005. Wow. Whoa. Y'all remember back when we were talking about episodes? Back from 2005. Before I was born. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I wasn't born. Then. Yeah. Uh, it aired to 7.11 and 6.86 million British viewers. I stuck that in there just to be spiteful. You may notice is definitely higher. Higher than than I think any given episode in Flux. I don't know if Flux ever broke 6 million. I don't think it ever broke 5. No, I'm pretty sure there was was something above 5. But I I think the first episode. The first one probably. Yeah, that that Uh, was. The Halloween special for whatever reason got got some hype. Uh, This was written by Stephen Moffat. And this was Moffat's first episode in Doctor Who, which is not, you know, crazy. crazy. This was episode 10. Yeah. But like to think the episode, uh, first of all, you know, one of the creepier episodes to look back on mm-hmm. along with the episode that introduces Captain Jack uh-huh. is Moffat. You know, yeah, like one, the one that we, Who else the one that be? the three of us unanimously was like, well, why are we even having this discussion? We're yeah, definitely covering this episode, uh, was, was written by Moffat. I was like, oh yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Um, this story also, and I think we mentioned this way back when this earned Moffat a Hugo award. This oh. was back during, this was back when Dr. Who was winning Hugos all the time. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> back when remember Dr. there was, was a section, big. I had a section for that in the, in the production notes. Oh yeah, awards. It won. happened so many times yeah. in, like over a couple of seasons that I left it in the notes. Like go check to see did this win any awards. Um so this was uh this one earned Moffat a Hugo award. This was also uh, directed by James Hawes. He did uh listen to this list, okay? He did this this story, the the Empty Child the Doctor Dances. Mm-hmm. He did The Christmas Invasion. Oh. Which is um Tennant's debut episode. With the isn't that's like two or three episodes from now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like right around the corner. Um, this was the uh, the Sycorax episode. Mm-hmm. Then he did New Earth, oh. and then he did School Reunion. Oh, that was so a good one. He did some pretty good gobliny ones. stuff, man. Um, yeah. You know, like he he tended to do the 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 creepier uh, stuff um, with you know like the I don't know if y'all remember what the Sycorax looked like. Do y'all remember? Was it that it sort of had like skulls on the outside of their head and yeah, stuff? Like, oh, yeah. They were they were kind of bizarre. And then School Reunion featured the um the gargoyle things coming to life. Different oh, gargoyle yeah. things than Yes, not the, the not the, the time reavers or oh, whatever yeah, those things the, were. Those but things are weird. also School Reunion also, now that I'm thinking about it, featured Uther Pendragon. Mm-hmm. The guy that played Uther Pendragon. Oh, yeah. which, Lots of Merlin. He was like which leads me it. to my next note. 
James Hawes also, he was supposed to go and kick off Torchwood. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to direct the first few episodes of Torchwood. Left that because he went to go do the first few episodes of Merlin. Oh. And he kind of like, the way the Wakia said it, and again, how official is this or whatever, he basically got the show off the ground, took this young cast mm-hmm. and said, all right, guys, we're going to go kick some butt with this show. And so um, that's going to that's gonna feature back in here in just a second. We've got another uh, Merlin connection. So miscellaneous trivia. Apparently at one point, <laughs> this is so, uh, there was a sound effect of Dr. Constantine's skull cracking during his transformation. Uh-huh. So like when his, oh. when his face was transforming into the gas mask, there was oh, the sound what? of his skull cracking. Because his eyes were like expanding. Yeah. It was considered to be a bit too much. A so bit. they cut that out. Oh, they cut <laughs> it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and then remember the, um, the abandoned uh, ambulance ship thing that's kicked off the episode, as well as Jack's ship, were both Chula technology from uh, ostensibly the, the Chula alien race that we, we never hear about again. Um, no. I don't think so. Chula was the name of a, of a, an Indian fusion restaurant where all of the writers met up to celebrate and make plans after first being hired for this new show. Wow. So Dr. Who is coming back, right? Mm -hmm. And RTD picks his writers, his writing team. And to celebrate, they all met up at a restaurant called Chula. And so that's where the name came from. And I'm like, that's so random, you know, but I I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love little details like that. Um, under the cast, I had a couple notes. The nightclub singer, I remember going, she's pretty good. Oh, like, yeah. is she a singer or is she an actress? And what are, this was Kate Harvey. And I just wanted to mention she was an actual singer. Hmm. Um, do you guys remember uh, Mummy on the Orient Express mm-hmm. had, they brought in some pop star oh, to be yeah. the singer on the club car on the train. And then I showed you guys, they did like this whole expanded music video where there was there were two cuts. There was one that was like the Doctor Who cut, and then there yeah. was one that was just her um, doing the song. So uh, this and then we just covered the, uh, Christmas Carol, where they had yeah. actual oh, singer yeah. that they hired to not only be a singer but an actress. Um, so this is not an uncommon thing apparently in Doctor yeah. Who. If they're going to have somebody sing on screen, they're going to do it right. I wonder so, if that's British if television or if that's could be. just like Doctor Who. Yeah, could be. Especially if there's mummies involved, apparently. What? what? Mummy on the Orient Express. Did multiple uh, of them have money? Are you my mummy? Oh, gosh. Wow. I think oh, they referenced this episode. That was so a stretch. In that this episode. No, they, they was... referenced this episode, like, when that episode was happening. Was that the one where they put on gas masks and he said, are you my mummy? No, no, that was David Tennant. Yeah. No, but he definitely referenced the fact oh, that there was a mummy. He did, he did make a bad <laughs> are you my mummy joke. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Um, so then uh, Dr. Constantine, who every time they said his name, it bothered me. Like, uh, that's like, not how you should say it. Constantine. Anyways, Dr. Constantine was played by Richard Wilson, who played Gaius, which we definitely mentioned last oh, time. Yeah. Last okay. time we covered this episode. I think um, we were in the middle of watching. I think we were. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, so uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, James Hawes, the director, uh, directed this episode and School Reunion. So he worked with this guy, uh, Richard Wilson, who played Gaius, and then he worked with the guy who played Uther Pendragon <laughs> in Merlin, which he would later go on to yeah. direct the the beginning of that. So I thought so. that was, um, and again, you know, you know what I've realized over the, over the years is you and I, uh, you and I, us, we, y'all, 
we point out these, like we used to have a section of like Merlin connections. And then it was like, uh, what was the other? Oh, there was another one. There was another show. Oh, oh it was um, like East Enders. Yeah. And there was one more that was like constantly, because it was like a 30 year soap opera or whatever. Yeah. And um, we were constantly pointing this stuff out and like being blown away back in the day. And then since, since then, I've realized it's like a meme within British culture. The the joke is there are four actors and two <laughs> yeah. and two shooting locations. So it's like you know because like you'll be watching like a Sherlock Holmes thing, and later on you're watching Poirot, and you're like, is that the same street yeah, where they well, filmed I, that episode of Sherlock? It's like, yes, in fact, it is. You know, so they also filmed ten other shows. There. I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering how many uh, of our listeners across the pond, uh, as we you know, as they listen to those older episodes, are like, if only they knew. If yeah, only, <laughs> well, you know. Um, you got to remember, we probably have more uh, more actors in Hollywood than like the UK has citizens. So <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I got a new section here for our best of section, uh, se- uh, uh, our best of episodes. I just called it Wibbly Wobbly Memories because um, Wibbly Wobbly, not in the sense of time travel, more like um, fuzzy wuzzy. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, all right, guys. So here's what I want to do. So this episode, we're going to do it now. But in future best of episodes, we're going to do it at the end of the episode prior. So we'll 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 say, all right, for the David Tennant uh, best of, we're going to cover this. And then we'll do this segment. So the segment goes like this. What do you remember about this episode from the first time that we covered it? And then, um, like, as we're discussing it now, this go-round, we'll discuss what did we remember completely wrong. So in the future, we'll say, what do we remember about this upcoming episode? And then we'll cover it, and we'll kick off the episode with, okay, I got this wrong and this wrong, or I forgot about this or whatever. So, Tripp, uh, you want to kick us off? Uh, what did you remember about this episode? So, obviously, this was, like, one of the first episodes, so... Yeah, I don't have very much. It was actually the tenth episode. Yeah, so <laughs> I I don't have very much recollection of this. I do remember liking it a lot, and I remember like a lot of the child moments. And as I'm watching it, I'm remembering it. But yes, basically all I remembered was like the child, and then like at the very end when the doctor is dancing with Rose. I remember the scene where they didn't actually dance, like they like they were <laughs> like they were about to dance, but then they right. never did. So I thought. That he never did dance, which is why I thought the title was an ironic title, because like the doctor dances, but he never did. He never did. <laughs> but so I got that wrong, and I remember well, the, that the, the bit where he didn't dance was actually in the first episode, right? That was in the Empty Child, wasn't it? No, when they're locked in the I room, don't that was in the second. Think episode. so? Was it? Yeah. Okay. Because that oh, was very, that yeah, was, you're right. That was actually right. closer to the end. His whole I bit think. about in 900 years, I'm sure there's been a moment where I've danced or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And then I remember the um, like the the masks were their face Not part. Masks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. That I didn't whole remember scene. Jack calling him flesh and bone. I was like, oh, wow, that's that worse. Weird. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then the moment at the very end when he's like, "Everybody lives, Rose." Yeah. Just this one. So I remembered nanobots, and I remembered that we couldn't ever remember what they were called oh. because <laughs> he says nanobots uh nanogenes it's almost like he forgot his line there yeah and they kept it in because he says nanobots nanogenes um and i remember when we covered the episode we kept forgetting nanogenes and kept calling them nanobots 
So I remember like that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't remember exactly why yeah. they were turning everybody into this thing, into the, the gas mask face and everything. But I remember that's what was causing it. I remembered everybody lives because yeah, obviously, because we've, we've quoted that forever. I remember Captain Jack. I remember thinking, wait a minute. When we decided we're going to cover this one, I was like, wait, this not only has Captain yeah. Jack, this is the first time. Like, I this thought is where the we doctor him. already knew him in this one. No, that's and the that Rose didn't, so that that's it was so weird when is, Rose met her first. Think about met him first. Think about this was 2005, and last year we got an episode with Captain Jack in it. Right, the New Year special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that? Was that the New Year special for 2020? Right. I don't know. I think Remember. so. Yeah. It was either 2020 or 2019. So you're talking about 14 or 15 years later, um, which means. He's run longer than River Song did. Yeah, you know, so um, kind of crazy. And then, are you my mummy? I, you know, obviously remember that then. So. Yeah, yeah. Corbin, what about you? What What did you remember? Uh, well, this is not an exhaustive list. Obviously, obviously. Corbin goes, um, pretty I much the whole thing. This. I, because <laughs> I never forget. Yeah, there actually was a lot that I didn't remember. Ha! But um, okay. Obviously, I remembered the zombie child, and. The nanobots were meant to heal aliens, and they didn't know how to heal humans, so they latched onto this child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely remembered a lot more than me. And then, as soon as Nancy walked on screen, like I oh, forgot yeah. about her character completely. Oh, really? But oh, as yeah, soon yeah. as she was on screen, I was like, "Oh, I remember I, the twist." I remember with her. the twist. Yeah. So Corbin says, "Oh, I remember the twist with that girl," but like we hadn't even heard her name yet. And you're like, I remember the twist with her. Yeah. And then all I could think about for the rest of the time we were watching it was, who is this twist lady? I remember. Because all of a sudden I'm going, wait a minute. Is she made of nanogenes? Is I remember, she an alien? I, I remember what, what the twist was, but I didn't remember a single scene she was in. Oh, really? Like throughout the entire thing, I was like, yeah, I don't remember this character at all other than the, the twist that she's the mom. So for reference, we watched this episode something like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so we did not let Braden watch this with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like five things. Yes, exactly. And so he was sitting down to watch it with us, and we oh, are yeah. we, we are discussing, discussing it. it. I said, okay, guys, what do you remember? So that I could write the notes for this section. And we mm-hmm. basically systematically spoiled the whole thing the for Braden. Because he's like, uh, guys, he's literally like, I'm right here and I've never seen and it before. And he said that at the very end of us talking about it. Uh, oh, that's true. That that's happened. true. Yeah. I was thinking, why didn't you just like say something and like leave the room or I don't know, whatever. But anyways, so that brings it down to the checklist, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Um, the first one, no, we didn't ever get the words, the empty child yeah. uh, in, in the episode. The second episode, we got the line, the universe end, the universe doesn't end because the doctor dances. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. To which Trip goes, was that worth naming the episode over? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because that was when we were still discussing that he didn't dance or wasn't dancing yeah. or, or whatever. Um, so this was the um, this was the first episode since 1970s Doctor Who and the Silurians to have Doctor in the title. Really? Yeah. This is the first time. Now it's not. That wasn't the first time it ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had happened before. But if I remember, if I remember correctly, and I don't know, Jared uh, may mention this later on. I, I um, haven't listened to a segment yet. Um, by the way, Jared's got a, Jared has a 
a regular old segment for us because he wasn't around doing this back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, had, we hadn't even met yet. Um, so anyways, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians, if I remember correctly, that was like a placeholder title that was never supposed to go out to the public because oh, you don't right. call him Doctor Who, you know, and, and like a name like Doctor Who and the Silurians is kind of like a cheesy sci-fi name oh, yeah. even in 1970. And, uh, and somehow or another, it just ended up going out that way or something. Like wow. they never changed it or whatever. So um, be careful what you make your placeholders. Guys. Yeah. But anyways, um, it also, um, it said, this is, oh gosh, what did the Wikia say? I don't remember if it said it's the first or one of the very few, like one of the first uh, episodes of Doctor Who to have a verb in the title. What, what the heck? Because huh? apparently in classic Who, it was always like the Daleks, Doctor Who and the Silurians, an unearthly child. So you always had, you didn't have verbs in the title in classic Who. So I think they, they, they said there's one or two that like technically could have a verb depending on how you read it. I don't know, something like that. Well, <laughs> and then it went on to say in New Who, it was much more common. Yeah. You know, the Pandorica opens and, you know, all these kinds of things. So, but apparently in classic who it was, it was never, or at the very least, very rare, like twice where you had an episode that had a verb in the title. That's such a random thing it, for someone to notice. It, it, well, I don't know. I mean, think about if you've been, if you've been watching Dr. Who for 30 years, I don't pay attention to the title. Look, I'm reading most of these titles Intrigue. right now and they're just like places or things. Exactly. It really yeah. is. Exactly. I wouldn't have noticed it if they hadn't said it, but most right. of this stuff is, it's just like a thing. Yeah. That's in the episode. It tells you yeah. what you need to know to get you to watch The it. Deadly Assassin. Half of these yeah. titles start with the, like. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I remember we've talked about over the over the years, um, it's so hard to know when the is going to, it, when the the is in the title. Yeah. Because sometimes in New Who, you get a title, like this episode could have, you know, uh, so this was what uh, the empty child and the doctor dances. The, it could have easily been empty child, yeah, yeah, instead of the empty child. Like you never know. And so whenever I'm writing the titles for our our podcast episodes, I always have to go and consult it and make <laughs> sure that yeah. I'm putting it down the right way. Yeah. Um, so the creature of the week, I was going to call the first episode the empty child, um, and then the second episode was like the nana jeans because that yeah. kind of gets introduced as the real. Baddie behind the baddie. Baddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a <laughs> a very helpful thing. I do those quotation marks what? a lot on the podcast, and no one can see that. So I hope it comes across. Thank you, thank you for pointing that out. Yes. Um, I like the the doctor even said uh, basically called the nanogenes idiots. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a it's a help idiots it's a helper rebuilding. that's an idiot. It was rebuilt by an idiot or something like yeah. that. Yeah. What he said. Um. So the empty child. I hate everything about this kid, but in the best possible way. Like, yeah. I hate the empty child in the way that I assume Moffat wanted us to yeah, hate Yeah, yeah. Like, the creepiness and... Um, but at the and, same time, I feel bad for him. And holy crap, can we talk for a second about how it wasn't until this watching that we discovered that the, the empty child is literally empty. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, just I don't know it what was it, a I dark, like, eyes. But no, you can see the I don't know what it is about last time we watched like, this what? versus this time we watched it. Um, maybe we've got a bigger TV that's a maybe. higher resolution or something. I don't know. I mean, I know we don't have the same TV that we had back then, but the if you look into the eye holes of the child, you can see very faintly 
the back of the mask. Which, there is which no there is shouldn't even a, be there. there shouldn't yes, be a it back shouldn't be of there. The but yeah, it's it it's so it just added an extra layer of creepiness. It's like sure when there she, wouldn't be a face under it, but there's nothing because, under it. No, there's there's like black rubber, yeah, the like thing. the back of a mask that should. That there is no there back, is of, no the back mask. of the it's mask. It's a strap. Yeah, that would clearly be a lot more obvious in real life. So oh, that's yeah. probably even creepier to them than yes. it was to us. Well, okay, so you remember the, it's called the empty child because uh, uh, Nancy says He's, it'll make you like him. And the yeah. doctor's like, what is he like? And she says, empty. empty which He's what empty. What does that mean? And I thought it was like ethereal, like he's yeah. not himself. Which mm-hmm. for like a... 20 year old how old is she it doesn't matter yeah she's that, like 20 that would have been like she said super mature to say like to call what? it empty so someone who's five years older Shut than up. you are now would be showing a great deal of maturity by expressing I'm a just thought saying, that you just had yeah what no i'm saying like <laughs> i wouldn't no. have come to that like oh, oh he's okay empty Ow. he's void of purpose or okay. something like that like Void of of humanity, even, yeah, but yet, like, no, yeah. he's literally in no, the like, like, back of his mask. Um, I did love though that in the end we got to see the actual boy's face. Yeah, that was that yeah. was classic. Which when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks a lot like that other child. That yeah, that's what I thought. Out. Yeah, I yeah. almost thought it was the same kid. The at one first. that came out of the bomb shelter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it would have been terrible. Like, oh, it wasn't you. Oh, oh. Um, then, uh, so the nanogenes, um, oh, and by the way, by the way, shortly after, shortly after we watched this the first time we were at Walmart and I don't remember the context now, but I have, I have a video of trip in Walmart going, are you my mommy? And creeping me the crap out. I don't what? remember. I don't remember exactly. Like you were just kind of like being goofy and just, you were just I kind of in a mood mommy. and you were being goofy and you like, I don't know, like walked up and were being weird and like tapped me on the back or something. <laughs> and we're just like, I don't know, making, you know, like laughing for no reason and making goofy sounds and all this kind of stuff. And then I like turned back around and for whatever reason you were like, are you my mommy? And I was like, <laughs> and, and so then I was like, wait, do that again. And I, and I, I just videoed it. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere, somewhere I have you doing that, and it was uh, it was appropriately creepy. Okay. Uh, so the nanogenes, they can bring people back to life. Somebody says, like, they can do that? And the doctor says, what's life? That's easy. It's just nature's way of keeping meat fresh. Oh, bah, awesome. Bah, 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 bah. Um, oh man. If I was uh, if I was thinking in advance, I would have I would have found this and been able to give the actual title. Um, Hank Green has a YouTube channel that I can't remember the name of now. The whole the whole point of this YouTube channel is doing videos of like microcosms, like bacteria floating around and 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 stuff like this. I can't remember the name of the channel, hmm. and I've only ever seen like a couple of videos. And and the the way I even became aware of it was this one particular video. It's the weirdest thing, where. It's like why would I why would I watch that? But when you start watching it, it sucks you in. So it is a video taken through a microscope of like this little I don't know protozoa or something. It's just like a little single celled thing just scooting around on a petri dish doing its thing, with Hank Green narrating, and he's narrating like he's trying to calm you down before you go to sleep. And 
as you're going to sleep, we're just going to follow around this little protozoa or whatever it is. And and he's and he starts off by saying, This protozoa is about to die. And it's like, oh, what? Oh, and you watch what? this video. And the whole point of the video is what is where's the line between life and death? And mm-hmm. Hank Green has some amazing things to say about that line on the macroscopic level, but you watch it happen. You watch this little protozoa die and you wouldn't think you would cry after watching an amoeba die, (laughs) but you kind of do. It's like by the time you're done, it's like you were in a Pixar movie, not a Petri dish. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. (laughs) So I'll see if I can, um, I'll see if I can look up that video um, and, and find the, the link to it and put it in the show notes. Cause it's, it's kind of amazing. So, uh, the TARDIS, um, the phone rang and we all freaked out, um, <laughs> especially the first time. Um, but even, the, even this time watching it, I was kind of like, Oh guys, remember this part? The phone's going to ring. Yeah, it's it's, gonna it's ring. never happened before. And then of course it happens all the dang time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it becomes a fully so much so that he put it point. into the. Yeah, console. moved it back and forth a couple of times. Yeah. Know, so. um, the inside was greener than I remembered. And by yeah. that, I mean that green light that's constantly glowing on the doctor's face and Rose's face. Um, I wrote that note at the end of the second episode because we spent some time in the in the TARDIS at the beginning and then we spent two whole episodes outside of it and then they got back in. And I was like, what? man, when they came back in, I was like, man, I forgot how different this TARDIS looked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it looked so unlike anything from Classic Who and we've left that and never gone back. Like, vibe-wise, 13s is maybe the closest because it's like yeah. crystalline and kind of looks grown. And that was the whole point to um, RTD wanted this TARDIS to look grown. Um, he calls it the oh. coral theme um, where, you know, everything kind of looks organic and, and, yeah. and like it just sort of sprouted rather than got built, rather than the stark white, white room, and yeah. sharp angles of the first doctor and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was, it was, that was really nostalgic, um, for me. I don't know about you guys. Um, the Sonic, you guys remember back before the Sonic was a magic wand? Yeah. Oh yeah. He spent like, I did not remember seconds. that being a thing. Yeah, me either. He was trying to unlock this one door, picking the lock with the Sonic, and it took like 15 seconds. There was like dialogue yeah, happening yeah. while he was picking that lock instead of doing the like, and you know, from 15 feet away, oh, and yeah. popping the lock off and turning the doorknob and then swinging the door open. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's got additional settings now. <laughs> we'll come back to that in a second. Oh. Um, <laughs> we had Jack's. Classic line, who looks at a screwdriver and thinks, this could be a little bit more sonic? The doctor does, apparently. And the doctor says, what, you've never been bored? You never had a long night? You've never had a lot of cabinets to put up? <laughs> and I, and I, that struck a chord with me. And then the, the Wakia pointed out that this is a thing. River makes fun of him at one point and says like they're, they're facing down a bunch of enemies and she's got a blaster and he's got a sonic screwdriver. And she's like, what are you going to do? Build cabinets at them. And, uh, the war doctor, uh, jokes on nine on 10 and 11, about saying something also about, um, about building cabinets. It's always about cabinets. I don't know what it is, but so why does no one make fun of that one person for having the sonic pin? Uh, well, yeah. Don't worry, I'm sure we did when we covered that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then remember 
in A Christmas Carol that we just covered, he's talked about go kiss the girl or go to your room and invent a new kind of screwdriver. So Don't make my mistakes. The doctor says, you've never been bored. You never had a long night. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a long night where you should have been kissing the girl instead. Yeah. You were holed up in your room screwdriver. coming up with a new kind of screwdriver. That's so great. And then we had setting 20, uh, 2428D, which reattaches barbed wire. So does A and B... Yes, like 2428 uh, C is for razor wire. Yeah. yeah. That's different. Yeah, yeah different. Different, different. I did think it's funny that we went from that, where it's much, much more of a multi-tool, yeah. to later on the doctor says, think what you want it to and do point. and push the button and point. Think and yes. point. Yes, exactly. I want a million dollars. Like what? <laughs> Actually, we did that one time. He pointed it at an ATM oh, and yeah, money and flew and out of it. Shot so, out of money. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, this, okay. The psychic paper. You know what we didn't do? We didn't go back to that that scene where uh, it was actually right before the scene we were just talking about with the Sonic taking so long. Um, right before that, the doctor, um, I, I wondered, was this the first appearance of the psychic paper? Because we got a lot of description of it. It sounded to me like this was the first time the audience has ever seen it. But then Rose definitely... Had seen it. Definitely mm. knew what it was. So I'm not sure if this was, we, it's been a few episodes since we saw the psychic paper. So let's remind everybody how it works. Or if it was introducing it to the audience for the first time, even though Rose has seen it somewhere off screen. However, all that being said, how does it work? Because when we, when we saw that scene, I was under the impression and everything that we've ever seen since then, mm-hmm. the psychic paper shows the viewer what, what the viewer want to wants see. to see, which is why, you know, at one point, you know, the 13th doctor flips it open to the female uh, local leader and she sees you are the witch finder general. Mm-hmm. And then the misogynist king shows up and says, you are the witch finder's assistant. Yeah. And that's what the psychic paper says, right? And we've seen lots of other examples of that, of uh, the doctor holds it up and then is surprised yeah. by what the person sees, right? This episode, uh, Captain Jack has a sonic paper, uh, the sonic paper, boy, there's an idea. Sonic. A psychic paper shows it to Rose and she says, the way she describes it is that it shows people whatever you want them to see. Which could make sense. Which made for a great scene there because Jack handed it over to her and she said that this says you want me to know you're single and you work out. And then when she hands it back, he says this says you maybe have a sort of boyfriend, but you're also available. Yeah. And it also uses the word very. Um, so that made for a great scene, but that's but never that's how it's how ever it worked. worked. So now I can't I can't remember Does at the beginning of the first episode kind of psychic ooh, paper or maybe, like maybe what? He has, yeah ooh maybe there's there's a uh, an A and a B kind Corbin yeah. what are you what are you digging up there Well there's a lot to read about its properties <laughs> Is there Does the Wikia have a lot to say about the sonic uh, the sonic That's paper surprising. What Is there an article about sonic paper Did okay. I just invent something it says usually it showed what the holder of the paper wanted the person reading it to see. That doesn't. That's, that's not what I've ever thought. It's it not was. how it's ever been presented. Yeah. It says if 
However, if the user wasn't specific about what they wanted the reader to see, instead using a broad idea like worst nightmare, what turned up on the psychic paper would always be surprising. What? So they're saying it, it is still the user that dictates, but the user, if the user doesn't know specifically what, it, what they want, then they can just say can something just like flip it open. worst nightmare slash someone that you're willing to cooperate slash a person in authority over you, whatever. Yeah. And then they just read into that. So this says if the user wanted to present credentials as a higher authority, right. that would also appear as a surprise. Right. See, but that's never how I've interpreted it. So I thought that it yeah, has literally been said that it shows them whatever they want to see, which makes sense because not what you your want brain them to see. sees what it wants to see. I guess just like it can block out, like psychically, like yeah. the psychic barriers block out. Anyways, what you it, do it see, was like, really weird to go that, back 15, 16 know. years and and the have our mind works blown entirely differently. Yeah, by the introduction or second introduction of the uh, psychic paper. So. Yeah. Other stuff we noticed, we had a move alert. Move alert. I just I, I want that now. I want I want to have a setting on our on our Google Nest that issues a move alert because what? red. Oh, because red is camp. Oh yeah, red is camp. That's what? when camp was mentioned. There's a section in the Wikia that, what was it? Theories, Theories and, concepts, and concepts. And one of them is the doctor mentions camp. And I'm like, like what? what? Is that a concept? <laughs> the other one is theory. not a theory. So I don't know yeah, why, I don't know why it's theories and concepts. Um, but yeah, the, just the idea of uh, Red Alert being hokey and campy and too Star Trek y, I guess. I don't know. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, we had a lot of. Uh, Spock references here. That was interesting. I was so confused by well, that. There was, there Does was a she moment. know who Spock is? Does she yes. know that Spock is a person? Because the yes. way she kept talking yes. about it implied yes. that... Star she, Trek, ex- the, the, t- the television show, Star Trek, exists in the universe. The I, show. I yeah. get the feeling Not that the actual people has never seen it before. Because I the swear one. she was using Spock as like an adjective and a she verb. And it's like, no, she was. That's, that's very Spock. That was what? her point was uh, she said, well, how are we going to find it? And he's like, we'll ask around. And she's like, that's not very Spock, is it? Shouldn't we just scan for alien technology? Yeah. And then later on, Jack says, I'll just scan for alien yeah. technology. And she goes, finally, somebody who knows what they're doing, a professional or something like yeah. that. Like, so I her whole point that. was, you're not, you're not being the kind of alien that I'm used to seeing on television. But it was still that's what she was saying. Weird the way she used it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so because of that, she ends up calling him Mr. Spock to Jack. Yeah. So when they meet up, hey, you know how we're time agents and your name is Spock? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know how many? <laughs> okay. This was a great. I think this was a great fourth wall break, but it was super subtle. The thing that they're chasing crashes into London, right? And they get off the TARDIS and the doctor says, you know how many days you can knock around space without bumping into earth? So he's like, basically he's saying, what are the odds Yeah. Of this thing that we're literally chasing through time and space. It was in the time vortex. 
yeah. literally chasing through time and space. Landing within a hundred years of where Rose lives. Exactly. In the, in the city same she place. was born in. Yeah. And lived in. Yes. She says, I'm a Londoner. You know, this whole thing. He literally says that. And then and then Rose answers by saying, I don't know, five days? Or is that when we need milk? And <laughs> I just thought that was so great. Like, you know, uh, uh, something one time pointed out how things on starships only happen once a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only, yeah. Like, why is it that we always bump into an anomaly Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time? <laughs> Basically. Um, and and the uh, the Wakia pointed out his uh, the doctor's follow up line of all the species in the universe it had to come from a cow. It was <laughs> that was such a random thing. Like I mean, we do get milk. Like on this planet, we get milk yeah. from other animals, and Many. in the Star Wars universe, we get blue milk oh. from giant things. Let's not talk about living that. on craggy islands <laughs> in the middle of you know Ugh. nowhere. When it's running down his beard. Ah, stop. It's still warm. No. It's still warm. I, it's still like 98.6 degrees or whatever. Are we meant to body temperature fall? Those Why? comes from those things? Uh, I don't know. No one's been to this planet except for Luke for the past. Maybe those things are, are native years? to Tatooine and he brought some with him because he loved that blue milk. No. Who needs water? We got those things. Yeah, blue milk. Black melons. That's right. Um, Let's get back to Doctor uh, Who. Yeah, back to Doctor Who. We've had Star Trek and Star Wars now. So yeah. Um, does the boy on the phone remind you guys of uh, the the child on the phone in the Impossible Astronaut? Did y'all get it? I got like a similar vibe. So like a confused, lost child talking to the doctor on the phone, or talking yeah. to you know, in that case, it was like Nixon or whatever. Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember what I'm even talking about? No. no. Okay. One of the, the 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 beginning of the Impossible Astronaut story, you had Nixon saying that no matter where he is in the world, every day at whatever you know five p.m. seven p.m. whatever it is, he gets a phone call, and it's this it's this child on the other end, and then it turns out to be it's River, you know, yeah. in the stuck in the astronaut suit, and she's oh. sending out a distress call, going to the the nearest authority. What, because she was in the U in the U.S., it was Nixon. So uh, it's it was just a similar vibe to me of just like a confused child on the other end who's not making a lot of sense. It, yeah, it, that couldn't strike me last time we watched it because I don't think I'd seen the Impossible Astronaut yet at that point. So, anyways, um, Constantine, who played Gaius, worked at Albion Hospital. That struck me what? this time. What Albion is, is is the name of the island that we now call Great Britain, um, the island of Britannia or whatever. That's what it was called in Merlin. It was called Albion. So there's times where it's like doctor at Albion. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that the fact he was, he was a doctor, doctor Gaius. Yeah. Gaius was a doctor of his, of his day. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking Albion because the, Oh my gosh, man, the shot of those gates. We hung there for a while. And, uh, (gasps) Was it Albion Hospital? No, it wasn't. Wait, what? was it? What? Al- this hospital and those gates show up again later. Really? And I can't remember what episode it is. And all of a sudden I'm wondering, is it, is it the Impossible Astronaut? Uh, but that was an orphanage. That wasn't a hospital. Yeah. Yeah, Corbin, go, go, go hop on there and, and look up Albion Hospital. and Because uh, the Wikia pointed out this, this hospital shows up again. But I think it was like during tenants' time or something. It was it's one of those weird things where it's like, why are we at this hospital again? It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. Anyways. 
Um, oh, yeah, we had the note. Wait, he's actually empty? Ah. Anyways, uh, the bomb was called Schletterwolf, which we pointed out last time uh, was um, if you pause it at just the right frame when yeah. when um, when uh, Captain Jack is doing the scene from uh, – oh, crap, I can't think of the movie. There's a movie where a guy rides an A-bomb down like a cow. Like like a cowboy on a horse. That's wow. what he was doing on this okay. on, on this. I didn't get that. this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like an old 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 black and white movie. Um, is it Doctor Strange Love? It might be Doctor Strange Love. The subtitle of which is How I Learned to uh, Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, or something like that. And at the end of the at the end of the movie, this crazy cowboy type guy who's been gung ho about blowing up the enemy or whatever jumps on the bomb to release it and rides it down like a cowboy like and then hat in hand woo, like rides the bomb down and and yeah so anyways that's what they were doing there and if you pause it at like just the right frame you can see schletterwolf but his leg is covering up half of it covering up most of that so i don't know if they had to i don't know if the wikia had to get that from some behind the scenes thing or what but anyways schletterwolf means bad wolf but the wikia pointed out that and and they have since acknowledged this. Mm-hmm. The production team has acknowledged this. This was the wrong word. This is wow. Schleder is German for bad, as in inadequate, as in <laughs> not wow. as in evil. Nice. So this is the uh, this is the wolf. inadequate wolf, not yeah. the evil wolf. Yeah. Wolf. Oh, so that that was because at the beginning of this episode, y'all went, "Oh, we've got to look for Bad Wolf." And I, when when the bomb was coming, I was like, "Wait a minute, oh, I God. remember this." Anyways, uh, so who's who? Who is Jack? Um, okay, this is great. I don't think we talked about this last time. This may not have been on the Wikia the last time because this came out in in like a I don't know a DVD extra or something. Captain Jack, his original name was Captain Jacks J A X. And he was an alien nice. who like a- immediately hit it off and clicked with the doctor, oh. but made Rose nervous. And that's to me so weird what? that they, for whatever reason, they decided to, to change that up, make him a human from the 51st century. And then as things continued to get revised, it flipped around where the doctor doesn't like him. And Rose is kind of, you know, smitten and head over heels with him and everything. So mm-hmm. Corbin, did you find anything on Albion Hospital? Oh yeah, it was like a few episodes before when the um, Slothine sent that. They like crashed an alien ship as a distraction. Yeah, that alien got taken to Albion Hospital. The pork, the oh. the, the the pig alien. Yeah, the pig alien. Oh my gosh! Okay, that's why this time they lingered so long on the sign, going, oh. "Hey guys, remember, remember, remember." But every episode because- takes place in London. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> and that episode was contemporary. That one was not yeah, in the forties. So this was Albion Hospital in its heyday. (laughs) (laughs) And it was harboring zombies instead of pigs. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man, I forgot about the pig alien. He was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Do y'all remember? He was like running down the hall and they just like shot him in the back of the head. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so apparently the first line we ever hear Jack say is excellent bottom in reference to... uh, Rose's butt. What a character. <laughs> what a character. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Um, and then we <laughs> we all kind of jointly said, hey, you want to keep that ship camouflaged while all eyes are on the skies? Oh, yeah. Maybe. 
It was something. bad enough when Corbin's like, oh, so now they can see them standing there in midair? Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> boop, and decloaks, oh and he's like, oh, so now they can see an alien spaceship right next to Big Ben? But it was funny. Someone in the wiki pointed out, they just turned Big Ben back on. Everyone in the sky oh, is yeah. going to turn their attention <laughs> to that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. Did he did he cut Big Ben back on and then yeah. decloak? He decloaked a little bit he before. Did. Oh, did he? I think so. He turned Big Ben on. So after everyone would have looked at Big Ben and seen so, an alien so spaceship. After next to he it. decloaks, he says, you know what would be the best thing to do right now? Turn on, turn on the ben. brightest light in London. <laughs> and have the it tallest light. Twelve times. <laughs> Freaking yeah. oh my gosh. Oh, man. So speaking of, he has a universal remote that operates Big Ben, decloaks his ship, and operates the radio. Like, that's amazing. That's like those, you know, like, I don't know if this has ever been an actual thing, but I remember it was a trope in movies for a while that the way you would show the person was super rich on top of having like a an apartment in New York City capable of housing, you know, a, a college dormitory uh, for a single guy. They would also have the literal universal remote. So they would hit a button and it would uh, flip the blinds closed and then hit another button <laughs> oh, yeah. and it would dim the lights and then hit a button and it would turn on the music and then hit a button awesome. and the fireplace would, would but turn But there's on. five buttons on the remote. So like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that was, that was the height of, uh, of automation yes, at the time yes. was the truly universal remote. Um, Captain Jack is a con man, but he's got a heart of gold. We've, we've, we established that pretty hard. I forgot about the bit about him being a con artist. Yeah, when we first meet him. I, I completely forgot about that because we've. I we've, was pretty sure that's where his character was going. I didn't remember it specifically, but I'm oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he, he's not actually. What I'm saying though is like, ship. yeah, when you meet him, you're like, oh yeah, like he's he's up to something. Especially right? we knew like he's claiming it's this big warship, but it's obviously like a tube that's like <laughs> empty. So like, yeah, what? but I forgot. Like we kind of got away from him being a con man and just being sort of a. Uh, scallywag you know like yeah yeah like yeah yeah just sort of a um what's the word i'm looking for just just always getting into some kind of trouble but like always for the right reasons you know like um something about something about him reminds me of uh malcolm reynolds from firefly like i don't know why but just sort of that you know rap scallion with the heart of gold you know um uh, I love his lines. and rap scallions. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said ruffian, and I was like, no, that's that's completely wrong. That's like, yeah. A, anyways, um, I love his line. They have ambulances in war. Like, what a technicality yeah. there. You said it was a warship. They have ambulances in war, and it's a ship. Like Corbin said, it's a tube. He has a squareness gun. Groan. <laughs> Um, she says oh nice nice uh you know square pattern there or whatever and he goes it's digital because you know everything digital is made out of squares yeah and they only ever scale up in square form triangles (laughs) what what like polygons are triangles not oh well that's true yeah but but digital usually means digital usually means like pixels yeah and stuff so you're talking pixels but i love that you know if you if you have a whole bunch of pixels you can still only make squares yeah <laughs> like which completely obliterates any idea of I television that we have. <laughs> yeah it doesn't even mean it's 
digital. Yeah, it's digital. No, it's what? physical. No. What? It's, no, it's, it's a gun. It's, <laughs> it's a gun. It um, can't be a digital gun. I did love that it was obviously radiating, like, the further you shot it, the bigger the hole got, right? Yeah. Is what it seemed to be like. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like funneling outward. But now, and then you have the scene where Rose points it takes out half at the, the ground at, like, ankle height, and it takes out, yeah, like an area rug size mm-hmm. of the floor. Um, so whatever, what, wait, are we saying that Dr. Who is being slipshod with their technical details for random future tech? What? Oh no. They're being inconsistent. How dare they? How dare they? Um, oh, I forgot about this altogether. The time agency stole two years of his memories. Does he ever get those back? I don't don't ever remember that coming back up again. Uh, that's what that's I'm wondering. That's the only thing I can assume. I'm I'm really wondering, did they ever cover that? Is that a storyline in Torchwood? So, um, do we need to look that up? Do we need to go do Torchwood now? I don't, know. I don't feel like <laughs> watching that show. Oh, really? Dang. I was just thinking, you know, because that could get us to like episode 300, probably. <laughs> 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 um, how many times was he sentenced to death? He made he he had the line the first time. I was the first time I was sentenced to death, which sounded like that one time, as opposed to this time where I have sentenced myself to yeah. death. But then he says something about his executioners. He woke up in bed with them or whatever. and But they kept in touch. I can't say that about most executioners. Like, what? what? How many executioners have you had that type of relationship with? I mean, the type of relationship where you're being executed by them and don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, who is Rose? She is all about Jack. I forgot how smitten and head over heels oh, yeah. she was for Jack. I guess I always tie rose to uh is she going to be in love with mickey or is she going to be in love with the 10th doctor i forgot about captain jack Mm -hmm. uh sort of and the ninth a little bit so um too old there was some there were some interesting vibes in this episode but i don't i mean they definitely never went anywhere with it as yeah to the extent that they did uh with 10 except that the ninth doctor did save her life as bad wolf by kissing the time vortex oh, energy out of that. her. Yeah. 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 Cause what we're saying me. is, uh, she is unfaithful. What? <laughs> uh, you think she probably had ditched Frank. Mickey. She's, um, yeah. Um, we won't know until the spinoff show Metacrisis whether she stuck with the 10th doctor or not, or the Metacrisis doctor. Or not. Mm. Anyways. Um, have a great track record. Speaking of, she sort of has a boyfriend named Mickey. Oh, Poor Mickey. Gosh, he's getting pummeled like, every episode. Yeah, like Mickey, Mickey never even got the payoff that Rory did. Y'all you know. remember when Rory was like the gum on, oh, at the yeah. bottom of Amy's <laughs> shoes? <laughs> Much like Mickey was to, yeah. to, to Rose. Um, the, the difference is Amy and Rory weren't dating when he oh, was yeah, like when he was the, the ground she tried oh, kind of They kind of weren't, were they? <laughs> no. Definitely weren't. <laughs> so wait <laughs> no i don't think no, they were that, no 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 sir uh-huh. no sir <laughs> the first adventure that that 11 takes amy on is the night before her wedding uh, oh yeah her wedding gown was hanging up yeah was it? yes and the first time that the it was not the first time the the next time that Rory meets the doctor, it's when the doctor pops out of his bachelor party cake. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, hang on. Wait. They were they were not dating. They were <laughs> nearly married, like 
within hours from being married when she was like <laughs> climbing all over the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then, yeah. And then sort of like, yeah. Anyways, back, back to this episode of Dr. Who. So we've gone off on Star Trek. <laughs> you want to talk Star about Wars, anything but this other, episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's not true. We, we, we love this episode. Um, I loved her line where she's like, I should consult with my companion. Like yeah. she's oh. calling the doctor the companion. And then she says that she delegates a lot to him. Yeah. I thought that, yeah. Was, that was great. I love it when companions get uppity like that in the absence of the doctor where they either assume being the doctor or make it like the doctor is less than they are. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I loved her line where the doctor says something about her strolling around London and she's like, who's strolling? I went by barrage balloon. It's the only way to see an air raid. Do, 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 just like casually drops that in his lap. Yeah. Thing. And I noticed I said barrage balloon because that's how the word is pronounced. Barrage. Not barrage balloon or whatever. Barrage balloon sounds barrage. a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. You park your barrage balloon in your garage. Uh, who is the ninth <laughs> doctor? He completely didn't notice that Rose was gone. He yeah. had the line later that he said to the cat about one of these days I'll get a companion that understands the don't run off rule. But I'm like, you were walking through a doorway as she, she called your name you. and said, doctor, there's a child screaming out for help. And you just kept going kept and didn't notice for like half One an episode. Mind, dude. Yeah. Ahead. yeah. Yeah. Just full steam ahead. Um, I love the bit where he looked at his watch and said, I make it 1941. Like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> what? I got half past six. What do you got? I make it 1941 by my reckoning. Um, that was a great line. Uh, hey, why was he so good with kids? He was great with kids in this episode. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. I, I feel suddenly, like that was a thing with nine. I was wait. I was thinking that. I feel like nine like, was better with kids. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know that Tennant ever saw anyone under the age of eighteen. Yeah. And eleven was rubbish with children. <laughs> Except Amy. Yeah. He was great wait, with Amy yeah. as a, he was great what? with Amy as a kid when they first met. But then it, it's like literally the doctor who is just like terrible with children all the time. Yeah. Um, so why was nine so good? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's so weird. Like what's weird is now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of all the exceptions to the rule that I'm saying of the, of the doctor being rubbish with children. He was great with them on, uh, in a town called Christmas where he was running around and leading oh, them yeah. and doing games. Um, he, uh, he and Stormageddon got along great, you know, all this kind of stuff. Why is it that we think the doctor's rubbish with children? I feel like there's episodes where he is and he says yeah. he is, but then there's lots of examples of him being great with kids. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, doc the doctor says it's never good being the only child left out in the cold, to which Nancy says, you'd know. And he goes, yeah, I do. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's like, if by out in the cold, you mean the only survivor of a galactic time war. Then <laughs> well, yes, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, his nose has special powers. <laughs> to which she says, is that why it's so... <laughs> so what? what? <laughs> oh, nothing. Never mind. Do your ears have superpowers oh! too? What do you mean? What are you getting at? Man. Man. Wow. So great. great big nose wow. to track you with. And then it just so happens that I saw a uh, compilation clip of some of Clara's best lines uh, and the one where Souffle Girl says, the nose and the chin, you could fence. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he had a he had a great uh, rant of the week about the British standing up to Hitler. We've talked before about the Doctor going off on these rants where he gushes about the human race. Yeah, I don't remember him gushing so hardcore about 
Britain, British people. He was really, yeah, like it was like you stared him in the face and said no. Yeah, yeah. One, what did he say? One, one cold, little... uh, damp island. Yeah, yeah, stood up and said no. And I'm like, if this wow. was not propaganda written by Winston <laughs> Churchill before his death, if ever there comes a day where there's a science fiction show, uh, please have the main character say this line. Um, something vaporized the weapon factories of Villengard. The doctor says, yes, I went there once. And then Jack goes into all the whole, you got wiped out. And he goes, like I said, once. once, once. <gasps> That's a great line. Wow. The uh, banana bit uh, becomes a running gag where he's like, mm-hmm. bananas are good. He swapped out good what's his name's gun for a banana. Oh, he did that to River. Oh, yeah. Remember that? He swapped River's gun for a banana. I forgot all about that. But there's also um, the girl in the fireplace where the 10th Doctor references, I think I just accidentally invented the banana daiquiri. And he has a line in that episode, I think, about never go to a party without a banana or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then the Wikia pointed out, and again, I don't think this episode had even aired when we first covered this uh, this story. He's actually been to Villengard three times. Because in Twice Upon a Time, 12 and 1 go to Villengard. I don't know if you guys remember this. Remember where they go to the center of the universe or the center of the galaxy or whatever, this great weapons factory, and the little things are running around, and it turns out the little things running around are Daleks outside of their casings. I don't know if it's ringing any vague bells. But that happened, which means that, uh, and and I don't think they didn't vaporize the factory. So there's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Obviously, the ninth doctor doesn't remember the twelfth doctor doing this, but why doesn't he remember being there as the first doctor? Well, if you remember, whenever multiple doctors get together, they hand wave him away all the inconsistencies by saying the timelines are out of sync, so you won't remember this. So only the future one remembers it. Exactly. Only the latest incarnation ever remembers the multiple doctor episodes, which means that even though the first doctor did go to the weapon factories on Villengard, the ninth doctor didn't remember it. So that means when he went as the first doctor, then he went as the ninth doctor and destroyed it. But then as the 12th doctor went back before he destroyed it Mm. (laughs) and was there (laughs) with the first doctor. (laughs) I freaking love this show. Yeah, (laughs) No other show. Do you get to do stuff like that where you get to say, well, the first doctor, uh, you never have, well, Sean Connery's James Bond once met up with, you know, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, when he's stressed, he likes to insult species. <laughs> that was a great line from Rose. Whenever he's stressed out, he likes to insult species. Oh, yeah. Um, a- as you do. he says, who am I to argue with history? To which Rose says, usually the first in line. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, tenant is probably the, the, the king of that one. Um, okay. There was a line that I wrote down because I loved it. And then I found out some cool stuff about it. So, Rose, at the end of the episode, the doctor's all happy because everybody lived. And she goes, oh, look at you like your father Christmas. And he says, who says I'm not red bicycle when you were 12? To which she goes, what? You know, like, how did you know that? Or whatever. Okay. Apparently, there was an entire story idea where the next episode after this one, instead of being Boomtown or whatever, the, the, the one with the Slitheen that we saw in the next time, instead of that, you would have an episode where Jack 
discovers that the Ninth Doctor has been manipulating Rose's timeline to shape her into being the perfect companion. That takes so that would have taken so much away from Rose as a character. I agree. I would have hated yeah, that. I agree. So the idea is he literally did bring her that red bicycle when she was 12. Yeah. And apparently somewhere there's a there's a series of stories or short stories called The 12 Doctors of Christmas. And in one of the short stories, the ninth doctor has to go and procure the red bicycle for Rose on her 12th, uh, when she's 12 or something like that. But I just, I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting little side plot that this line was written to foreshadow. And then they dumped that storyline, but kept this line in. And I think that's, I I just love that because it's still like, it's still completely, totally right up the doctor's alley to know that information about her. Hey guys, News in the Hoobian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. Head on over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash support. Find your favorite way of supporting your favorite podcast. Get started now. Um, We've got some uh, classic Who connections from Jared because he didn't do any last time because he wasn't around yet. So let's hear what Jared has to say. Hello, Noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. We just have a few of them. Uh, I think one of the first ones that came along was that Jack mentions that he's a time agent. And the the concept of time agents, so far as I could uh, remember and find, it was kind of a throwaway line from the serial The Talons of Wang Chang. Uh, and the the bad guy in that episode, Magnus Greel, who was uh, masquerading as a god called Wang Chang, uh, he tells the doctor that he encountered a time agent in the 51st century. Um, I mean, this that was set in the 51st century. So he encountered a time agent uh, when he finds out that the doctor is... Uh, a time traveler, you know, so this idea of time agents, that's the only reference that I uh, found or, or remembered in Classic Who. And uh, so this idea of time agents, I think they just or I think Moffat just remembered that uh, and thought, hey, that's something that'd be cool. I could build on that. Uh, that's that's my best guess. So um, that's that's a, a connection there. And the doctor defends the usefulness of his sonic screwdriver. One of my favorite uh, mentions of a sonic screwdriver, you know, when, he's, when uh, Jack's got a sonic blaster um, and he defends the usefulness of it, saying that you know you were never bored and uh, you know wanted to do something, which kind of suggests maybe it goes back to the first Doctor. Um, you know, we never see this on TV. We never see the Doctor building the first Sonic. Uh, remember, we we don't see a Sonic at all with with uh, first Doctor. We see it at the very end of the second Doctor in his last serial, uh, so that he uh, that he made it. It's not disproved by the show, so it's not a disconnection, but it's also not really proved because we never see it. We don't know. We don't know its origin in the classic Who, and and of course, then they go on to say that the TARDIS makes the Sonic sometimes. So I, I don't know. It's a. Um, I'm not sure how to make all of that, but what to make of all of that. But it's uh, anyway. It definitely, he's talking about the Sonic screwdriver. Definitely a callback there. Uh, to to classic who and finally the doctor says that he was once a father and a grandfather and is neither now which was in I, like that didn't 
catch me the when I watched this before, um, but caught me watching it now. And of course, this goes back to the first Doctor traveling with his granddaughter Susan Foreman. Um, but you uh, now he's he's not. Does that mean that they weren't? Uh, they didn't regenerate, uh, that he's regenerated more. Um, I guess the whole, um, the whole stuff that's come about recently, um, timeless child stuff is, uh, I, I guess it kind of answers if, if he's the one that can go on forever and the limited regenerations isn't, um, it doesn't apply to him or, or, or maybe it doesn't apply to any, I, I don't know that I totally understand all that anyway, but, uh, I, um, I just think I thought it was interesting that he was once a father and a grandfather. Uh, and so, you know, what what's changed? Why haven't they explored that more? Um, so anyway, that's that's all I've got for the Classic Who Connections uh, for two two episodes, only only three of them. But, you know, they're kind of getting warmed up, getting back into the swing of things with with New Who here uh, or getting into the swing of things with New Who, just getting started uh, in this this first season. But I would say I was talking with the Whovian uh, this week and I, I would say watching this again, um, I know the ratings are a little, little different. Um, I, I was I was talking with them before I watched them and uh, again and saying, you know, I think these are some of my favorite episodes in New Who, maybe even all of Who. They're, they're definitely going to be in the top five, ten, you know, five to ten, somewhere in there, uh, episodes of all of Who, uh, uh, Doctor Who. And, and I would say after watching them, it still stands. Um, I was I was ready for it to change. I was ready like, okay, I've watched a lot of New Who since then. You know, all of New Who now and most all of Classic Who and okay, maybe things are going to change because it's been a while since I've watched them. I just, I thought they got the, I know we're not giving creep levels, but I thought they got the creep creepy feeling of this just right. Um, I love a good World War II setting for a story. I don't know why, but it just, you know, it, it works for me and, and uh, just everything about this I, I thought was fantastic and, and I thought Eccleston did a wonderful job. I know, um, I know we've talked about before, the more we watch the more I watch Eccleston, the more I enjoy what he did with the Doctor. So, anyway, that's uh, I'm I'm saying I like this even more, at least the same, but but probably even a little bit more um, than the last times that I've seen it. I also have a uh, sentimental connection to it. Um, my my son started watching, as you know, he got me into New Who. I had seen some classic Who before. I, I never watched New Who. I didn't, I, I, you know, it was pretty early in the offing uh, for New Who, and uh, um, David Tennant was still the Doctor. So you're know, just on the 10th Doctor. Uh, maybe his first, maybe second season. Um, but anyway, so my son starts watching. A friend of his got him into New Who, and this was the first episode we watched together. And that sucked me uh, into New Who here. Um, you know that that um, yeah that 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 got me back into it. Uh, and the ability to watch it with my you know then twelve year old son, thirteen somewhere in there. Anyway, so uh, all of that to say, um, I, I enjoyed it, and I you know these are still one of my one of my favorite episodes of all of all of Who. So uh, I think they did a great job. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, and I probably won't be, bring, you know, I, thanks to the TARDIS Wiki, of course, for some help on this. But, um, you know, with, with what's coming up, probably won't be giving you some classic Who connections, but uh, we'll certainly be uh, on with uh, some of the um, 
the master plan stuff, I'm sure I'll, I'll have something to, to contribute as that comes along. So I look forward to connecting with you in some form next time. Hey, yeah, so I didn't have an opportunity to mention uh, some of the stuff Jared touched on there that we're going to change up a little bit about how we do uh, the ratings for this go around. So first of all, we just kind of dropped the creep level. I kind of dropped that anyway, <laughs> just like yeah. in general in the show. Um, but for our overall impressions, instead of doing it on a scale of one to 10, I wanted to take a look at how did you like it this time compared to last time? And Jared, uh, like you said, he was texting with me over the weekend and I didn't realize he hadn't done his rewatch yet. He just mentioned to me, I think this is, this, this is my favorite new who story maybe my favorite Doctor Who story. And I was like, whoa, Dang. coming out big. And he's like, yeah, like mm -hmm. definitely. Um, I didn't know the bit about this being his first episode of New Who. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, obviously, my first episode was Rose. Like I, you know, yeah. I heard about the show and sat down to, to watch it from the beginning. Um, so I, I thought that was, uh, that. of course, that's going to make a, a big uh, connection yeah. point for him. But to say, as a classic Who fan, to say, but it might be my favorite, favorite of all time. Ever. That's wow. amazing. So um, definitely <clears throat> for me, definitely my favorite Ninth Doctor story, like hands down for sure. Yeah. Maybe something we should do, by the way, when, we, when we're done with all, all of the best of episodes and we've it's, sort of like gone back over our favorites, yeah. we should probably spend a little bit of time like, okay, what, what's our like top five? Top five. Yeah. And then like, what's our number, like rank them. You know, so like maybe we're going to cover uh, for the 10th Doctor, maybe we're going to cover an episode that wasn't your favorite trip, mm -hmm. but it was mine. And Corbin just voted one way or the other or whatever. Like we might get there where um, the episode we covered wasn't necessarily the favorite episode for all three of us. So maybe we need to come up with our, you know, our individual rankings or whatnot. I would say um, this being my now third time through uh, this this story um, it, it still absolutely still holds just up. as good. Yeah. Um, oh, with the one exception. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of the mask. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. When Dr. Constantine's the face turns into the mask. Yes. What's a that's little the thing bit is better. We got to the end of that and I literally had to pause it and go, all right guys. And y'all were like, that was not as good as I remember. And then oh, when no. we saw the other guy, the like soldier. <laughs> I was like that, that was better given the budget. Yeah. Well, and here's what I said. When we, when we watched Dr. Constantine, and it was all very CGI. Wow, 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 wow. I said, I, like, what the heck I remembered that differently. Uh -huh. I remembered it cutting back and forth. Like yeah. transformation, everybody's reaction. A little more transformation, everybody's reaction. That's what I remembered. Yeah. What I was thinking of was the soldier. Because yeah. when he did, that's what they did with him. That's what they and should it was have done. Way less CGI and what looked Wait, like looked to be more better. practical effects. And I think it looked better. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I remembered. And Tripp said, I remembered something physically coming out yeah. of the guy's mouth. Like the uh, actor, like they put something in his mouth. Yeah, it was like, they like obviously put, put a hockey puck in his mouth to make it look like the yeah. gas mask coming out or something. Something like that. Um, yeah, and it wasn't that with Dr. Constantine at all. Um, so with apart from that, <laughs> apart yeah. from that, I think so much of this held up. I think mm -hmm. the story holds up. I, I still... I'm totally jazzed about the doctor being jazzed about everybody lives. <laughs> yeah. That moment where he says, please give me a day like give this. You know, like he's just, he's, yeah. he's begging for it. And remember, this is our emo doctor who just survived the time war, who just, yeah. as he remembers it, wiped out, you know, two races, you know, committed double genocide. 
and he's still dealing with all the the ramifications from all that. So he's like, give me this win. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I think just um, that and introducing Captain Jack. And, oh yeah, you know, like Jared said, it was a it was I love World War One thing. In this episode as well. Like I don't, yeah. I forget how much I love this companion. Like yeah, I know it yeah. was first companion, so like oh cherishing memories. But like I actually really like Rose as a companion. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I would say, how did I like it this time compared to last time? I would say. Uh, it definitely holds up. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, I don't think I want to go as far as to say it was better. Oh my gosh, time. it was better than I even remember. Like yeah. I remember loving it and that was even better. I don't think it was that. I think it was, I loved it and I still love it. I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's, so that's what I'm, that's my rating. I, loved it then, loved it now. I think I like it. I liked it better than I remember. Like, cause you I didn't remember. I didn't remember enough of it to remember why I liked it so much. Ah. So I think I liked it better this time because like seeing like what Doctor Who is capable of, I can tell okay. that this is like a really That's what good I was going to ask is having seen the rest of the run of New yeah. Who, does it, it was, make you it appreciate was good this for me? More? I was like, yeah, this is a good strong story. Like yeah. this is peak Knowing um, what you know now, did you enjoy the show, yeah. this episode more? I think I, I enjoyed this better yeah. than the first time because... You got, you've got a lot more lore under your belt now. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's whereas... It. Like, much more experience knowing, yeah. like... Yeah. And I know so, where this is going to go, and I, like, I know where all the characters are headed, and I'm like... Right. I, I so really enjoyed this. How rewatch. did you like it this time compared to last time? I think it was, it was better because, yeah. like... I don't like you said the the experience part. Yeah. So like I know I'll say this. My stuff. I think I enjoyed it as much this on my third time as I did on my second time, but my second time compared to my first time went way Yeah. Up. I enjoyed it way more the second time. Uh because by then I had already seen all of then all of Doctor Who that had aired at that point. So Corbin, what about you? You know what's funny? Uh despite the ninth doctor, we watched this like so long ago. And it could be because of his shorter run, but I feel like we were looking at the episode list and I was like, I remember every single one of these, which oh, I really oh, yeah. cannot say for the middle doctors. I don't <laughs> think I remembered most of this. Like I remember all the bases to him, but I don't remember. What was, most of what was them. the one that you said? Oh, I f- completely forgot about that one. Oh, it was Boomtown. Boomtown. Oh yeah. Boomtown. Yeah. Slovene. I I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I knew, I knew for sure this was the episode that I, that I would have voted for. Um, but if one of y'all had come in and said, what about Boomtown? Boomtown? I, I could have like, been maybe. persuaded because Boomtown yeah. was so good. I, but um, I feel I, like this was where I was at. I do too. I, I still want, I, I like, if, that wouldn't if, be you bad to, to if you wanted me to rank them, I would put this above Boomtown. Yeah. But if you, like, if y'all were all about it and wanted to vote me down, I'd go with it. You know, that kind of thing. So what, 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 um, how'd you like it then compared to now or now compared to then? I still really like this episode, and I think I can really appreciate the fact that despite knowing like every beat that was going to happen before it happened, <laughs> I still you like still really like enjoyed watching the episode. Yeah, it's like I know yeah pretty much everything that's going to happen in this episode, and I still enjoy watching. Yeah, and it. I feel like I could focus more on the characters than on the plot because I know what's going to happen. Mm. So I feel like I got more out of it. That's so funny. I wonder how that's going to pan out with some of the other stuff because, mm-hmm. for example, for example. Um, I haven't sat down with the full list yet, but one of the ones that would be on my on my list of top David Tennant episodes would be the girl in the fireplace. Oh yeah, 
I know I love that episode, and there are so many beats I don't remember. Yeah. I remember, I think I remember more of the gist of it than I remember of this one, but I know that I'm going to be watching it going, oh, right, this yeah, part. That, I forgot about this happened, part, you yeah. know? And I wonder if that it's going to hold up for you, Corbin, or like you said, there were, we only got, we only got so 13 episodes with nine. Like, yeah. it's yeah. not hard to remember all of his moments, but when you get into Tenant, where he had like, Closer to 50 episodes, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Not going to remember all of them. Right. Um, all right. So that brings us down to the game plan. Next week, we are getting back into the master plan. Now, okay. Uh, we realized that we made a mistake. You like the way I said that? We. See, I we made a mistake. It, oh, I did you? <laughs> I was hoping you would read it through and not glance at it. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, I didn't think I wrote it that way. I wrote, we realized we messed up the schedule. Corbin changed it to, we realized I messed up the schedule. <laughs> I messed up the schedule. I somehow got Keeper of Trocken all out of order. So we should have covered the Keeper of Trocken, then Logopolis. Yeah. And um, I asked Jared, I asked you guys. Everybody was kind of in agreement. Let's go ahead and do the Keeper of Trocken. So a couple episodes ago, we said that we were going to do the five doctors next. We're not. We're going to do the Keeper of Trocken as our next master plan. So keep in mind, this is the story that immediately precedes Logopolis. So <laughs> yeah. you've already been spoiled somewhat, but that's okay. So we'll do the Keeper of Trocken. Um, and then, uh, Corbin, did you delete some stuff or did I did I not include it there? Um, after the Keeper of Trocken... It's Groundhog Day. So we're going to be covering that again. And, again. <laughs> Wait, what? Have we already done this episode? What? <laughs> um, so it'll be Groundhog's Day. And then um, at the end of Groundhog's Day, we will announce which David Tennant special, or excuse me, David Tennant episode, story, whatever, we're going to cover. And we will talk about what we remember of that story mm-hmm. at the end of our Groundhog's Day episode. Um, and then we'll begin that next episode talking about the stuff we got wrong or forgot or, or, uh, oh yeah, that then we'll do the five doctors. So that's, that's kind of a, a rough plan. So again, 1000 apologies. I can't, be- I can't believe I goofed yeah. that because looking back, that would have been so perfect. Oh yeah. Cause at no other time, uh, we have except for that, back to back story. Yeah. Except for except when we did the first, the first two stories yeah. from the first doctor, we've never done like, you know, back sequential episodes that would have been so perfect. So again, 1,000 apologies. So sorry about that. Um, so sorry that we won't get uh, more of The Watcher. Because uh, oh. I know you guys all enjoyed him so much. <laughs> hey guys, Noobs in the Hoobie is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip, And the other guy is a production editor. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com or excuse me, TARDIS.Fandom.com. One of these days I'll update the notes. For their yeah. trivia, thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs as always to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoobian.com where you can find all the links to all the things. And you can find out how to subscribe, how to get, leave us a rating, share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie. And these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the Noobs. And until next time, be safe if you can be. But always be amazing. Goodbye. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Doing it wrong. Live from Master Closet Studios. Let's try it one more time. Um, do we need to talk just for like reference? I yeah. guess. Do you ever feel <laughs> like you should shut up before I slap you in the face? Dang.